Hallelujah. <laughs> we believe in the God of miracles. There's somebody, you have an indigestion problem. You have a pain right here. Miss part of your body, receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Jesus is healing you now. Jesus is touching your body now. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. I feel that there's someone you've been diagnosed with cancer or you've been dealing with cancer. The Lord Jesus Christ heals you now. Whatever the cancer is, I don't know what it is, but I just sense that there's somebody with cancer. Jesus is healing you. Cancer is nothing to Jesus. The world makes it a big deal, but for Jesus, it's not a big deal. He is the Lord of glory. The Bible says that we're living in the time of grace, and there's a time when your God reigns. And so all you have to do is say, I receive my deliverance from cancer in the name of Jesus. Go back to your doctor. The doctor will see that there's no more cancer in your body in the name of Jesus. It's been eradicated. Listen, we are in revival. We're in a time where we ain't taking no shorts. We ain't singing, I believe in miracles and not seeing miracles no more. We're done with that in Jesus' name. Amen? We're not singing, I believe in miracles and we're not seeing miracles no more. We're gonna see miracles of healing, miracles of provision, miracles of protection. We believe in miracles and we're gonna see them in our lives and the lives of others. We're gonna see it in other countries like Africa, India, Asia, and right here in America, amen? Right here in New York City to the glory of God. And I'm excited about that and you should be too. Right where you are, you should be praising God for healings and miracles, for signs and for wonders, for God doing the miraculous in your life. Hallelujah, we thank you Jesus. You are the most beautiful, as Maverick City music sings. You are the most beautiful. You are the miracle worker. You are the God of all gods. You are the King of all kings. Who is like unto you? There is no one like you, my Father. There is no one like you, my God. There is no one like you, my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. I give you the glory. I give you the honor. Blessing and honor and glory be unto the Father who sits unto the on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. We praise you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, amen. I just want to um, thank uh, Pastor Ernst and Oladele uh, Ayini for um, covering for me for the last two weeks. Their ministry was stellar was amazing, fresh oil, fresh anointing, great teaching, great preaching. You guys were fed good over these last two weeks. I had a good time in Las Vegas, holla. And what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Nothing happened. <laughs> I stayed at a nice hotel, guys, the Bellagio, what up? That was nice, okay. And then I went to California and um, Pastor Ernst and um, Brother Avi met me out there. We had a blast. You know, we're brothers from another mother. We had a good time. So it was a good vacation. I'm going to be going more. So it ain't just a one-time vacation. I'm going to be going more, but um, I had a good time. And I was refreshed and rested. And so I'm back, man. I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, so again, thank you to those great men of God and their ministry towards you. Whatever they ministered to you, I want you to embrace I want you to receive it, and I want you to walk in the light of it. Well, I have something to share with you today, and we're going to just get right into it. I want to thank our team also for holding it down 
Um, they've been doing a great job. I want to give a special shout out to um, Celeste. Um, she is the worship leader of, of Life Church with Pastor Ernst. You guys can clap for her with Pastor Ernst, um, pastors, and she's been doing a phenomenal job um, at their church for many years, and she covered um, Jeremy while he was out, because you know, I think you guys know Erica had their second baby, so praise the Lord. So he was out for a month, so she graciously covered it. She has a lot of responsibility. Not only is she a worship leader, she's a wife, she's a mother of um, two Two kids, two kids, I'm about to say three, I'm about to prophesy. Two kids, two boys, and um, she homeschools, so she does a lot. So for her to be here for her, with, for us, is a big deal. So I want to give her a shout out. So thank you, Celeste, for that. We appreciate you. And um, thank God for the rest of you guys, our team, Pastor Patrick, and everybody else holding it down, doing their job, making it happen. I love you guys. Um, oh, and before I get into the word, I just want to thank all of you who are giving generously. You know, I like to shout out the givers from time to time. Those of you who are tithing and those of you who are giving, those of you who are not, yo, we love you anyway. <laughs> Jesus going to get you. But um, those of you who are giving faithfully and tithing, thank you. God bless you. The Lord increase you. I know you're already seeing an increase in your life. We don't need to keep promising you increase. I know you're already seeing it in your life. I know the Lord is already blessing you. And I want you to acknowledge that it's not just because you're so smart and you're so skilled. It's also because of the blessing of the Father on your life. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord will make you rich and add no sorrow with it. Proverbs 10, And that's what's happening in your life. And it's going to continue in the name of Jesus. So I want to Thank you for giving, and I encourage you, keep giving, keep sowing, and we're going to keep making things happen in Jesus' name. Okay, question. Have you ever been rubbed the wrong way? And your answer will be yes. Has anyone ever gotten on your nerves and made you angry? And your answer will be yes. We've all been there, so I want to welcome you to what I call the frustration club. <laughs> We've all been frustrated sometime by someone, by something in our lives. But the good news is we don't have to live in frustration. We don't have to stay frustrated because that is not God's portion for us. That is not God's will for us. Amen? And so I have a prophetic announcement to make. If you are watching this broadcast and you are right now in a place of frustration or, you, or you're watching this broadcast and many times frustration comes and attacks your life, I have a prophetic word for you. Frustration is leaving you. Oh, yes. And that's also the title of the sermon. Frustration is leaving you. And you just shout that out loud wherever you're watching this from. From frustration is leaving me. Go ahead, say that. Frustration is leaving me. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, we're saying that because you know why? You have authority over your atmosphere. Glory to God. And you don't have to tolerate frustration in your life. You don't have to tolerate frustration in your soul. You don't have to tolerate frustration in your atmosphere. Frustration is leaving you in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to give you four, four reasons why frustration is leaving you. All right? So take your notes. Get ready to go. All right? Number one, frustration is leaving you because Jesus, oh, I love that name, Jesus has given you his powerful gift of peace. 
Jesus has given you his powerful gift of peace. That is the first reason why frustration is leaving you. So let me give you a little backdrop before I, I load the scripture into your spirit, man. Um, Jesus is about to go to the cross. And before he goes to the cross, he has what we call the Last Supper or a dinner with his disciples, his last dinner with them. And um, he has a lot of conversation about a lot of different topics from love to the Holy Spirit to whatever, to prayer, faith, a whole bunch of stuff Jesus talks to them about when, at this dinner. And one of the things he talks to them about is this thing called peace, this gift that he's about to give them. You know, sometimes people go to dinners and they give out gifts, like Oprah had this dinner for all these celebrities, um, celebrating these women, and she gave them all gifts. These all some diamond earrings. And so Jesus is at this dinner, and he's passing out revelation, and he's passing out also gifts to his disciples. And this is what he says to his disciples in um, John 14, 27. He says, peace, I live with you. That's legacy talk. He says, I'm leaving you a legacy. I'm leaving you an inheritance. Peace. I leave with you. My peace, ooh, that's good. I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Now, that's packed with a lot. The world gives a kind of peace, but it's not the kind of peace that I'm giving you. It's a false peace. It's a temporary peace. But what I give you is eternal. What I'm giving you is rock solid, all right? And then he says, let not your heart be troubled Neither let it be afraid. Now, that wasn't a suggestion like some people try to say. No, that was a commandment. So he says, I'm giving you a gift, and with this gift comes some rules on how to keep this thing working. So what do you mean, Pastor Maurice? This is, this, this is what I'm saying. The gift of peace that Jesus gives is not just, ooh, a nice feeling. <laughs> peace is a force a supernatural force, a supernatural gift that Jesus has given you to affect your atmosphere, to affect your mind and your emotions. And he says, I'm giving you my peace. Don't take that lightly. Don't be immature about this word. I've taken that lightly. Oh, it's a nice peace. No, 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 no. When you, as you get older and you get more responsibility in your life, you're going to realize how, how much you need that peace. Come on, somebody. When you start getting attacked by demons and the devil, you're going to realize how much you need that peace. Hallelujah. And so this peace is not just some flimsy gift. No, it is a powerful gift that Jesus has given the church, that he gave his disciples, that he gave you, that he gave me. And we need to embrace this peace. We need to thank God for this peace. And we need to focus on this peace when things look topsy-turvy in our life. Say, forget what's going on. I'm looking at the peace. Amen. That's why the Bible says, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the giver of peace. Amen. And so we thank God for this peace. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus said, let us go to the other side, Ooh, and uh, oh, go to the other side, and the disciples got into the boat, and he released them, and then he came walking on the water, Right, And then all of a sudden, there's winds and there's waves. You know the story. And uh, <laughs> no, actually, I'm, I'm mixing the stories up. This is when they're, 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 no. 
yeah. Anyway, they're in the boat, and the winds because two stories, there's two storms. And, and then there's winds and there's waves. And the Bible says, Jesus says this amazing statement. He says, peace be still. Peace be still. What happened? Jesus released this force that he's given us. He's released it into the atmosphere, and the Bible says there was a great calm. Now, usually when you hear that preach, you're always hearing some preachers talk about, oh, when the storms come in your life, just be glad that Jesus is in the boat with you. That's not the point of the story, that Jesus is in the boat with you. The point of the story is that you can do what he did and take authority over the storms in your life and say, peace, be still. Your kid's acting up. You say, I speak peace into your life. Your spouse acting up. I speak peace into this marriage. I will not argue. I will not have contention with you. There is peace in this home. Your kid not doing so good in school. Say, no, no, no. You're going to do good in school. I speak peace to your mind, peace to your intellect. You're going to do well. You're going to excel in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You have to take authority over disturbances, over things that destroy your atmosphere and say, no, I release peace. It's a gift that Jesus gave me, and I'm going to release it in the name of Jesus. Now, watch this. It's going to be really hard to release this gift of peace, to release this dynamic force if your heart is troubled and if you're afraid. So those are the two things you have to take responsibility for. You have to make sure your heart is not troubled, and you have to make sure you're not afraid. And those are two different things. Because there are some people who are not troubled, but they are afraid. And there are some people who are, who are, who are not uh, afraid, but they're troubled. You have to make sure you don't have either operating in your life. I'm not troubled, and neither am I afraid. Troubled means you're worried, you're concerned about the present and what's going to happen. Afraid means you're afraid, you're, you're fearful of the future. You're uncertain of the future. And Jesus says, I don't want you to have any of those emotions operating in your life. And so if you're going to really be a man or woman of peace and really operate in this mighty force, you cannot let your heart be troubled and you cannot let it be afraid. You can't be concerned and worried and full of anxiety about anything. And you cannot be cowardly and scared and uncertain about the future. Say, oh, Pastor Maurice, that's just being human. Oh, you're not just human. Hello? You're a new creation in Christ. You're born again. You're one spirit with the Lord. You're a member of the body of Christ. Flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone. As he is, so are you in this world. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a chosen people. Hello, somebody. Shall I go on? You're a king and a priest. You're justified by his grace. You're a son or a daughter of God. Come on. You're accepted in the beloved. You're redeemed by the blood of the lamb. You're a citizen of heaven. Shall I go on? You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. That don't sound just human to me. <laughs> Hello, somebody. You're an object of his grace, called out of darkness, into his marvelous light. Those who are not a people are now a people. Those who do not have mercy now have mercy. Shall I go on? Come on, somebody. 
better know who you are in Christ Jesus. You're not just a mere human being just going through the world like everybody else. If that's the case, why we got Jesus? Just to go to heaven? If that's the case, just get saved and go to heaven. No, Jesus said you're in this world, but you're not what? Of this world. And you have to get back to that revelation. I know everybody's trying to be relatable. Everybody's trying to connect with this one and that one in the world. Nah, kill that noise. I ain't trying to connect with nothing in this world. Yeah, I love the sinner. I, I, I want to win them. But I'm not willing to reduce my covenant of peace so I can relate to the sinner who doesn't have it. I'm not really willing to reduce my identity in Christ to relate to somebody who doesn't have what I have. That's the point of being a witness, to let them know you don't have what I have, but you can have it. Amen. But when you get so comfortable, when you get sick like they get sick, when you broke like they're broke, when your marriage is topsy-turvy like their marriage is topsy-turvy, topsy-turvy like yours is, why would they want Jesus? There should be a difference in your life. Hello? A difference in your pregnancy, a difference in your health, a difference in your home, a difference in your children's uh, education and intellect, a difference. What does the Bible say about um, Daniel? It says that he was a slave. He was a what? He was a what? A slave, which means that he experienced trauma because we love the word trauma now. (laughs) He experienced trauma. He was ripped from his parents. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, you're going to have a nice apartment with your parents. He was ripped from his family, ripped from his parents. He, was, he had trauma. He was a young man. But the Bible says that he understood who he was and that he was 10 times smarter than the rest of those people that he was being educated with in the language of the Chaldeans. 10 times greater. Why? God mocked him. And you have to recognize that if you're born again, if you're a child of God, if you're saved, you're marked by the favor of God. You're marked by the blessing of God. And you have to get into this book and find out what your covenant is. Find out what you're marked with so you can see the difference in your life. Because I'm not going to be giving my life to Jesus, walking away from sin (laughs) and the pleasures thereof so I can live like everybody else. The devil is a liar. Come on. Makes no sense, right? You know how you say it now? Let's let it make sense. Oh, no, make it make sense. <laughs> Born again, I'm living like everybody else? Make it make sense. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Let me share this with you. I'll go to the next point. Remember Job? Now, we hear a lot of preaching about Job and what he went through, the trial he went through, how he lost his kids, lost his health, lost his money. Thank God he didn't lose his life. One of the things he said is, the thing I feared has come upon me, the thing I dreaded has happened to me. So we learned, don't fear, don't be in dread. Very interesting. The thing I feared, I greatly feared, has come upon me. The thing I dreaded has happened to me. The reason why the devil wants you to fear because he knows it attracts evil. But the next verse that we don't usually get into, he said, I was not at ease. I did not have peace. The devil 
And demons do not know what to do with a person who is untroubled in their heart and unafraid in their soul. Because if you're untroubled, if you're unafraid, there's nothing he can do to hold on to you. It's like you have oil on you and he just slips off. That's why Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Remember when they came to get Jesus? He told the disciples, you're going to betray me. You're going to, you know, deny me, all that stuff. And he said something interesting. He said, the prince of this world is coming. That's what he said. The prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. What does that mean? There's nothing in me that looks like him. There's no fear here. There's no pain here. There's no trouble here. Nothing in me looks like him. Can you say that? Can you say there's no fear in here? There's no trouble in here? You should be able to say that. And by the grace of God, you will be able to say that because frustration is leaving you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, y'all. Let's rejoice over this. Number two, frustration is leaving you because you're going to choose the better part. Frustration is leaving you because you're going to what? Choose the better part. Here's the background. Jesus didn't only have his 12 disciples and his 70 disciples. Jesus had friends. And and uh, three of those friends were a group of, was two sisters and a brother called Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. You know that from John 11 and from some other scriptures. And so, um, Martha has a house, probably the older sister, all right. And she, you know, got her stuff together. She says, yo, Jesus, come over for, for dinner. She probably invited the disciples too, but it's Jesus that the Bible says was there. And so she invites him over for dinner, and, he's, and she's like, you know, getting stuff together. And uh, her sister is, listen, Jesus is taking the opportunity to teach and release. You know, he's chilling, but I'm, he's releasing that word. And her sister is like sitting, the Bible says, sitting at his feet and, and you know, listening. So watch this story. It says, now it happened, Luke 10, 38 to 42. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. It's a very key. Who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Are you distracted? And she approached him, talking about Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Oh, spicy, Martha. Slow your roll, Martha. Do you know who you're talking to, Martha? It wasn't just like how you read it. Oh, just tell her to help me. No, no. Tell her to help me. You don't care about what I'm doing? What happened? Her distraction turned into frustration. Her distraction with much serving turned into annoyance. 
That's why you can't say, oh, everybody gets frustrated. Yeah, everybody does get frustrated, but you can't let it stay. Her distraction turned into frustration and annoyance and turned into accusations to the Lord. Whoa! There you go. There you go. How many of you have friends or family members or maybe yourself, you've accused the Lord of not caring because you were frustrated? That's why it's dangerous. That's why it's an enemy. That's why you got to command it to go. Somebody say frustration is leaving me. You don't want to ever have any kind of emotion that leads you to accusing the Lord of not caring. Remember that other, the one I was getting confused earlier, that other story when Jesus was in the boat sleeping and the water started flooding the boat and they went to Jesus and they, they didn't say, Jesus, hey, yo, the boat is flooding. What should we do? No, the first thing they say is, you're sleeping. You don't care that we're dying, that we're perishing? They were frustrated. They were angry. They were scared. And they immediately accused the Lord of not caring. That's why you have to watch your emotions. That's why you have to control your emotions. And when those outside forces come and suggest the Lord doesn't care, you have to rebuke them. You have to resist them because it's the enemy. Trying to bring a wedge between you and the Lord. Come on, I'm teaching good now. Hallelujah. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. We're going to get into that a little bit more later. Verse 41. And Jesus answered and said to her. Who you think? No, he didn't say that. Do you know who I am? No, he didn't say that. He said, Martha, Martha. And whenever the Lord calls your name twice, oh, it means something. He was trying to get her attention. So, and it also was a form of compassion, you could tell. So either it was Martha, Martha, or she was distracted and he said, Martha, Martha. He was calling her into attention because she was distracted and angry. And he said, you are worried and troubled about what? Many things. Uh, man, I wish I had a live over here. I mean, I have a little bit of people here. but I wish it was in-person service. I'd, I'd run with this. I'm going to try to run with it a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. You are worried and troubled about what? Many things. In other words, her sitting here listening to me teach the word and you doing your thing, that's not the real problem. The real problem is everything else that bothers, that's bothering you. Now, you husbands know, sometimes your wife gives you an attitude, but it's not really about what you think it is. It's about what you didn't do last week. <laughs> it's other things going on. But usually that is the case. Even parents who are wise know, sometimes they're dealing with a child acting up, but they know the child's not really acting up. They're tired. They haven't taken a nap. They haven't eaten in five hours. We, we've been shopping. <laughs> you know, Let's get them some McDonald's and they'll be good. And then so you get to McDonald's, they're like, hmm, smiling. Oh, I know, today is Chick-fil-A. I know that's the thing today. <laughs> so he said, it's not about the serving. 
It's about other things that you're troubled with. That's why Jesus said, don't let your heart be what? Troubled. Because it will produce frustration. That will produce anger and cause you to say things you shouldn't be saying. Okay? So he says, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part. Some translation says, she has made the right choice. Other translation says, she has chosen the better part. Other translation says, she has chosen the best part. So Jesus is saying, she made the right choice. She chose the better part. She chose the best part. What is that? Sitting at my feet. If I come to your house, forget the chicken, forget the pasta, forget the Thai food. Amen. Sit down and hear what the master has to say. Because I don't come to your house every day. You don't get this audience with me every day. So you better come and sit down and hear what I'm saying. You better hear my, my logic, my logos, my revelation. And watch what he says. He said, which will not be taken from her. You're going to eat this food, you're going to drink this drink, and it's going to pass. But what I'm given is eternal that's what Jesus said in, in John 6. He said, the words I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Woo! Remember, some people got offended and they left. And he said to Peter, yo, you want to go too? Jesus was gangster. He said, no. Why would we leave the one who has the words of eternal life? Oh, my God. So the words that Jesus speaks... They echo into eternity. So let me encourage you. Get into the word of God. Open your Bible. Oh, I don't understand it. Please. There's like 50,000 translations. Get one that you like, okay? If you have to go down to the good news translation, do that. But read your Bible. Get into the word and let it get into you. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I love the devotionals. I love good sermons. I love the YouTube sermons. But there's nothing that can replace you being in the Bible for yourself. Jesus said, man should not live by YouTube alone. Man should not live by Steve Furtick's sermons alone. Man should not live by Matthew Stevens' sermons alone. Man should not live by Pastor Maurice's messages alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You can't know every word unless you're reading his Bible. Come on. Get into the word of God for yourself. That's a true disciple. Hallelujah. Frustration is leaving you. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Number three. Frustration is leaving you because you're going to release the urge to control others. Oh, and we all get it. Even I get it. <laughs> oh, you, Pastor Maurice? Yeah, even me. <laughs> I know some of you like, yeah, we know. Everybody wants to control people to some level. Some people have it really bad, and some people have it. Not so bad. Some people it's at a low level. But whatever level it is, we got to kill it. You are not designed to control anybody but yourself. 
Now, I know parents have to lead their children. Keyword: what? Lead them. They're like arrows in your hand, but then they say, take the arrow and then just <laughs> shoot the arrow. And then the arrow will go where you direct it, but it will still be without your hands on it. But some people think they're here to control. So you have wives who want to control their husbands, husbands want to control their wives, mothers want to control their daughters, dads want to control their sons, employers want to control their employees, governments that want to control their country, pastors want to control their members. Oh, yeah. Bishops want to control everything in their denomination or churches under them. You cannot live like that. It's going to cause frustration. And going back to our story with Mary and Martha, look what she said to Jesus. Tell her to come help me. Whoa. Whoa. The distraction led to frustration. The frustration led to anger And the anger led to accusing the Lord and then trying to control the Lord and control her sister. Ah, you see that pattern? That's why I say bye-bye frustration. It's a dangerous thing. She tried to, how are you going to tell Jesus what to do? Who's you? I said it that way. I didn't say who are you. Who's you? Who do you think you are, Martha? But her emotions got the best of her. And then she wanted her sister, you come help me. Why don't you just say, hey, Martha, you think you'd give me a hand in about five minutes? See, when you're frustrated, you don't think logically. A lot of wife beaters, I'm not making an excuse for them. They went from distraction to frustration to anger, and now they're beating their wife. And also there's husband beaters. Oh, yeah, we know about that. Wives who beat their husbands. Oh, yeah, they ain't talking about it, but it's, it, it's there. What does that mean? Frustration and control leads to violence. That's what you see in the book, in the Old Testament. Jezebel, King Ahab's wife, we know her as a what? Control freak. A literally control freak. But what was uh, 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 marked her, her reign? Violence. She killed prophets. She killed people who didn't do what she wanted to be done. That's what control does. It kills your relationships. It kills intimacy with people you should be loving and who should be loving you. Let go of the control. Say this with me. I'm going to let go of the urge to control. Amen. Now, if you were a child of divorce or a person who's been abused sexually or some kind of trauma in your life, many times you are a person who's tempted to control. And you have to go get therapy from either Jesus or Dr. So-and-so, whoever that doctor may be. But you need to get help. And you need to let go of control. And when you do that, frustration will be like, bye-bye. Well, Pastor Maurice, no, no, no. You're not Jesus. You ain't Holy Ghost Junior. You ain't the Lord of glory. You are whatever your name is. And you're not here to control anybody or anything. You may manage, you may direct, you may lead, but not control. 
Somebody shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. So let go of the urge to control. Now you notice Jesus didn't, didn't do what Martha said. <laughs> Mary didn't get up either. Honey, you need to correct yourself. Because <laughs> some people, when they see somebody in control who's angry, oh, I got to do this just to calm them down. No. They need to control their emotions. Amen. All right. Here's the last one. Frustration is leaving you because you're going to receive the Lord's help. Ah, yes. Thank you, Jesus, for your help. The Lord wants to help you. Here's my scripture. Oh, my God. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 to 2. I'm going to get to it in a minute. So many times people, when they're frustrated, they think nobody wants to help them. I'm in this by myself. Nobody's going to help me with my kids. Nobody's going to help me with my, with my project. Nobody's going to help me um, in this marriage. Nobody's going to help me with this business. Nobody's going to help me with my ministry. Nobody's going to help me with my album. Whatever it is you're into, nobody's going to help me. Stop. That's why I'm be messing with people, man, because they ain't there for you. know. Stop. First of all, the Lord is there. So stop the crying, stop the whining. Remember, we ain't whining no more, we're winning. The Lord is there. As I focus on what you don't have, I focus on what you do have. But the first thing is the Lord. When you have the Lord, guess what? You got everything else. That's what Jesus said to Martha, Mary chosen the better part, the best part. Why? Because she got me, she got everything else. You think she ain't going to eat, she with me? You, you think she, she ain't going to have no money, she with me? You think you're going to have a place to sleep? You and me? Man, he's the God of miracles. He's the God of signs and wonders. Even when in the natural it says, no fish, Jesus says, man, put your net on the other side. There's going to be a lot of fish. You know the story with Peter? The Bible says, they were greatly amazed. The Lord is so wonderful that he can turn anything around in 24, even a drought he can turn around in 24 hours. He can do anything but fail. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So here's the scripture. He says, this is Paul talking. He says, we then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. A lot of people hear favor. They know about the grace of God, but it's in vain. It's empty. They're not using it. They're not praying. They're not receiving it. They're not confessing things. You know, one of the things I confess, this is, a, this is, this is for free. Now, you can send me $1,000 if you want, but this is for free. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I say I'm always in the right place at the right time experiencing God's favor. I'm always in the right place at the right time experiencing God. So even if something frustrating happens, I, I used to say, oh, something's always happening. And Lord, show me. You keep saying that, it's going to keep happening. I, I, was, I know some of you say that. Oh, if it's not this, it's that. The Lord said, you're going to keep saying it, it's going to keep being that way. So I stopped. I started saying, I'm in the right place at the right time experiencing the favor of God. I'm in the right place at the right time um, getting the things I need and the things I want. That's what I say. Only good lies before me. Yo, you start saying that, you're going to start creating your world. Come on, somebody. So we're going to receive the grace of God in vain. We're going to be like, I got favor in my life, and it's working for me right now. For he says, in an acceptable time, that means time of favor, I have heard you, and the day of salvation I have helped you. This is a quote from Isaiah 49, verse 8. Behold, now is the accepted time, time of favor. Now is the day of salvation. Now let me read this from the Good News Translation. 
In our work together with God, then, we beg you who have received God's grace not to let it be wasted. Woo! Hear what God says. When the time come for me to show you favor, I heard you. When the day arrived for me to save you, I helped you. Listen, this is what Paul's saying. This is the hour to receive God's favor. Today is the day to be saved. And we're not talking about the salvation of the spirit. We're talking about salvation in every area of your life. Receive the favor. Receive the salvation. Frustration is leaving you. And so this scripture guarantees us two things. One, God will hear you. Two, God will help you. If you don't remember anything else this entire week, remember those two things, that I have so much favor on my life that every time I open my mouth, God will hear me and God will help me. You're not going to die of any COVID-19 or any variant. I don't care what happened to aunt so-and-so, cousin so-and-so, this one or that one. God bless them. Thank God they're in heaven with Jesus, but it shall not be yours. You got to get personal with this Bible and recognize I have a covenant of peace, a covenant of prosperity, and I don't care. I'm sorry it happened to them. Even if it's your mom or your dad, I don't care how close they are. The Word of God is, stands alone. It stands forever. No matter what happens to somebody else, the Bible says the Word of God shall never be moved. Forever, O oh Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. God said, David is king. He sent a prophet to anoint him to be king. Saul tried to stop it. This one tried to stop it. Guess what? David became king. Now, David could have been like, yo, this guy trying to kill me. He's trying to pin me to the wall, all this stuff. I ain't, try, I ain't, I ain't settled for this. And he could have relented and said, I don't want it. He said, nah, that throne is mine. And I ain't going to hook a crook to get it either. I'm going to wait. And years later, not the next day. Not the next week, not the next month. Years later, he became king. It may not come when you think it should, but it's coming. The promise of God will never fail. You just have to believe. David said, I would have fainted had I not believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. My friend, my brother, my sister, what are you believing? Frustration is leaving you. God bless you. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. If you're watching and you're not saved, today's your day to be born again. Simply say this, Jesus Save me. Save me. I want to be born again. I want to go to heaven. I believe that God sent you. You died for my sins. And he raised you from the dead. I receive you now as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. I've just been born again. I've just been saved. If that's you, welcome to the family of God. Woo! Just the other day, I led my 94-year-old neighbor to the Lord. I got a 
open door. I said, whoa, there we go. I said, you ready to see Jesus? He said, yeah. He wasn't ready, (laughs) but I got him ready. So now when he says goodbye to this planet, he'll be with the Lord. Open your heart. The Lord wants you to lead people to Christ. It's easy. A, B, C, one, two, three. I love you in this church. I'm glad to be back. I know this word bless you. Declare that over your life. Frustration is leaving me. Amen. Welcome, Pastor Patrick. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That was an awesome word. 